Hey everybody, what's the crack? And welcome back to episode number 9 of the Inline G Flute Podcast with me, your host, Inline motherfucking G. <laughs> so, normally this is the part of the podcast where I would say thank you guys for listening to episode number 8. You were fucking great. I love you. Blah, blah, blah. The feedback was great, but I don't know how the feedback was because I'm batch recording these podcasts. So, episode 8 isn't even out yet. And episode 10 will be recorded before episode 8 is out. I'm so organised these days. I'm famous. I'm a famous podcaster now. I've got shit to do. There's football out there I have to watch. There's football I have to talk about. I've got another podcast. The England B Team Podcast. Check us out on YouTube, Spotify and the other one, Apple. You aren't the only people for me. You aren't my only... You aren't the only girls in my lives here, guys. I've got other people to talk to. No, I'm joking. I love you all, but I need a break for a few weeks, so I'm going to batch record these podcasts. So I hope that episode eight went well. I hope that you enjoy this episode. And if you don't, you're getting episode 10 anyway, because it's already recorded. So way back when, when I started this podcast, I think it was since uh, day one, this was one of my original ideas for my episode 10 special, which is now in sight. The episode 10 special is planned, it's being recorded tomorrow, and it's so, so fucking good that this episode is, has, it's been denoted, demoted, more or less, to uh, episode 9. So it's going to be the episode 10 special, we've had to drop it back a set, because episode 10 is just so, so good. And this, this is like last week's episode, or yesterday's episode in my case, but last week's number 8... It started as one thing, it went to another thing, one thing led to another, my favourite phrase in the English language, and I've got another beautifully constructed, coherent masterpiece of shite talking. So in episode one, I had mentioned the Facebook group, the almost mythical, legendary, infamous Facebook group, Flute Forum. And a lot of you guys messaged me directly after episode one with one of two things. Number one... Is it really that bad in the flute world? Are people really getting on like that? And number two, I know. It can be vicious at times. I know what's going on in there. I'm in the group. I understand what you're saying. That's the only two responses I got. So, today's episode, we're going to start by reading out some of my favourite threads from the Facebook Flute Forum group. Now, obviously, I won't be giving any full names out. And please bear in mind, this is a comedy episode of the podcast. It's generally a comedy podcast, okay? Don't take it seriously. Regular listeners to this podcast will understand the general tone. But if it's your first time here, either go back and listen to an earlier episode or two episodes and get the feel of the podcast or come in here with an open mind, please. You might like it. The water's lovely in here. Come on in and join us. Take a dip. After that, we're going to talk briefly about the generational and cultural gap that partly explains this lawless group on Facebook of almost 50,000 fucking people. 50,000 people in a Facebook group for flute. We'll talk about the, um, particularly the fact that the older generation are now more on Facebook and the fact most people in the group are American. If you're not American, I'm going to do my best to explain uh, why Americans might rub you up the wrong way. Then I'm going to go on to a little bit of a hot take I've got on uh, certain social media famous flute players who I am convinced, I am convinced are running a pyramid scheme. And then I'm going to give you a little bit of advice on, yeah, how to find genuine musicians on social media and what to look out for. So you can see why I've recorded this in advance, because the second this episode is released, half the internet's going to be coming for me. They're going to be at me and I need you guys, my loyal followers. If I got a name for you guys, I'm that, nah, that's too wanky, isn't it? Um, but you guys have to take up arms. Take up arms and defend me. Anyway, quickly, what are we drinking tonight? We're back on the booze because this is a special episode. So we are on one of my favourites, Gordon's Pink Gin and Tonic. Pre-mixed in a can. One of my favourites. Especially after Fleabag. Did any of you guys watch Fleabag? Fuck, that was a some series. Fleabag was exceptional and they have canned gin and tonic in it so i'm on the canned g and t's again um sancha to your health holy fuck <laughs> oh oh gordon mr gordon gin and tonic you fucking kick a hole off me there boy that's strong 
Um, yeah, the usual shit, guys. You're used to it at this point. Um, you can donate to the podcast. There's a link in the bio here. There's a link in the description wherever you're reading it. There's a link in the bio on my Instagram, my Facebook, on my TikTok. Click it in that. If you want to buy me a pint, if you saw me at a pub and you thought, I love Gareth's podcast, I'd buy him beer if I saw him. Go buy me one virtually. It helps keep the lights on around here, especially this lovely purple one behind me. And yeah, it's very appreciated. If you can't afford it, don't worry about it. It'll stay for free. I'm never going to charge you for er, extra episodes or extra content. It will always be for free. So, here we are. The death of my very short influencer career. Let's get in and about this episode. So, part one. We're getting straight into it, guys. We are going into the Flute Forum Facebook group. So a little bit of background. Flute Forum is a closed private Facebook group founded in 2016 by the flute repair guy, Luke Pinella. Really cool guy, by the way. Makes great content. Really cool guy. I've never met him, but he seems seems like a cool dude. He's out in America, based out there. Um, And initially, it seemed like the group had the vast majority as Americans. I was in it in the early days, and it was nearly all Americans. Or certainly Anglo speakers. Now the description for the group, if you were to find it in Facebook, says This group was created by Luke Pinella as a tool for the flute players of the world to network as well as insight into the daily activities of Luke Pinella's workshop. Now the group currently stands at 49.8 thousand followers or members. So actually by the time this has went out, it's probably passed over 50,000, which is fucking insane for a flute community. But the flute community is massive, guys. Like, I don't think people appreciate how seriously people take the flute, especially in America. Um, it sounds insane if you don't play the flute, but like, there's a group on Facebook, but um, the American Flute Association, they have a, a convention every year. Thousands of people go to it. It's, it's massive. But anyway, it is a group on Facebook. And as we all know, Facebook is the worst of all social media sites these days. It's a fucking sewer. It's basically just people on their sex trees arguing over politics and gender identity, even though they don't know what it is, in the comment section of posts about lost dogs in Michigan. It's a load of shit. But anyway, like most people who use other social media, I do love going into Facebook for a wee bit of, wee bit of entertainment. And tell you what, this group does not disappoint. So I picked a few of my favourite threads. I'm going to run you guys through it. I'm going to show you the fucking visceralness of the flute world. How vicious they get their claws out in this group. And just to let you know before we get into it, the very last thing in the flute forum description says, we ask that you observe the following guidelines in using the flute forum. It should go without saying, please be respectful in your posts and responses. It should go without saying. It fucking doesn't. <laughs> so, quick preface again, again, all right, don't come at me. This is for fun. The forum, 90% of the time, is genuinely a very helpful place. It builds a great community. It's genuinely helpful, incredibly helpful, actually. And you only have to see, yeah, you see the amount of people that go to these American events of the flute uh, conventions and forum things all over in the States. You can see how much of a community it's built and how genuinely useful it is. So, please don't take this seriously. Not too seriously. Wee bits, okay. Okay, so the first thread I've got up, oh man, this was a good one, so I have to go to my saved threads. Um, So this happened the other day, sorry, I'm going to search while I'm typing here. Um, The other day, I was scrolling through the flute form, as I I often do, and some poor fella, God help him, had posted into the group, I think he was a new member to the group, and he had posted in that he couldn't work out the name of, he couldn't work out the tune. He's heard a tune somewhere in a load of places and he couldn't work out what it was. And it was driving him mad and he'd asked his family members and all and he chazammed it and he did everything and he couldn't find out what this tune, this melody was. So he notated it down really quickly, took a picture of his notation on his phone, put it into the group and said, I, I said exact words, I quickly jotted down what I could remember and profound apologies to whichever long dead composer whose music I incorrectly transcribed. So all he's looking for is he's put a wee tune in and he's hoping someone can identify it for him. Now what he has put in is the it is the entract, the second the entract of the second act of Carmen, the famous flute solo that's played with a harp, blah blah blah. We all know it. Okay. Well, flute pairs will all know it. If you don't, it's a beautiful piece of music. Um and there's only one version you have to listen to, and that's Magni Monnier, obviously. Actually a really great version, a shite version of the opera. It was at the Holland Festival, but great version of that solo but anyway beautiful solo played with the, or- the harp quiet bit of the orchestra before the curtain comes up for the second act of the carmen opera by bizet so he posts this in now he's notated it 
And he's notated it well enough that when I saw this, I was getting ready to comment going, oh, that's the contract from Carmen. You know what it is. So I went in. Now, bear in mind, he does say he apologises for his transcription. It's not perfect. So basically what it's done is he's put in the transcription and it's in the wrong key because he probably didn't give a shit about what key it's in. He's had a good guess. But the notes are right generally. The last three notes should be a triplet, should be. In the original score, they're a triplet. He's notated them as something very similar, but he's notated it so well that I got it straight away. So I was like, yeah, mate, that's the on track. And then I went through the 79 comments and six shares before this. the uh, moderators had to turn comments off for this because I went mad. And what do you think everyone fucking said? One of the very first comments. It's the intervals at the beginning of the on track, the act three of the opera Carmen, a.k.a. the Carmen Intermezzo. It's the wrong rhythm, and it's in the wrong key. Full stop. <laughs> oh, this is it. It's getting so much better. Uh, next comment. It's the on track, but the second half is incorrectly notated. The on track to what, by the way? It's the on track, as if that means fucking nothing. Fucking Americans don't have a fucking clue. And then someone else comments saying, Oh, the player must have tried to spread the triplet expressively. Happens all the time in music. Better played, better. It's better when it's played in time, if you ask me. Full stop. <laughs> Next comment, on track to the third act of Carmen. It's not written in the correct key, full stop, dickhead. Uh, <laughs> it gets, oh man, it is constant. It's absolutely constant. Um, yeah, someone says, I like flute pairs. Boom, they got it straight away. Yeah, we all did, but by the way, so many comments. Carmen, next comment. Carmen, next comment. From the opera, Carmen, next comment. Carmen, next comment. Carmen Intermedia. By the way, Carmen's like a fucking two-hour-long opera. Just saying Carmen isn't going to help. That's the least famous bit of Carmen. Out of all the things in Carmen, there's so many more famous things in there than this. Next comment. Badly notated, exclamation mark. <laughs> fucking... All right, dickhead. <laughs> uh, next comment. It's the Carmen flute solo excerpt after the harp entrance. It's notated weirdly low. Also, I think the key might be E-flat major for the orchestral excerpt instead of F major as you've written. Okay, thank you, dickhead. On track from Carmen. <laughs> it's in the wrong key, but that's the prelude to the third act of Carmen's Bizet. Uh, yeah, so you can see what's going on here. A lot of people have fucking annihilated this poor fella. And I'll tell you how bad it is. Oh, I'll see if I can find this. Now, this this went on for, I'm talking the guts of maybe a, a few hours. And the original poster comes back in. And I swear to God, he says here, very sorry to cause such a stir. I apologise for incorrectly recalling the key and misinterpreting the triplet rhythm. I promise to be more careful next time. Perhaps we can agree that my question has been suitably answered and just marvel at what a beautiful piece it is. Very well spoken, sir. You've taken that very gracefully. Instead of this fucking group of bears here, this, <laughs> these groups of snakes that have eaten you alive, I commented, I was like, mate, don't apologise, it's not your fault. Sometimes this group smells bud blood. It's like throwing cakes to a bear in here. You did nothing wrong. And it's fucking true. Man, he just wanted a bit of help. He comes into the group and says, Oh, can you help me with this tune? And he goes, No, 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 that's the wrong key. That's not right. That's the wrong rhythm. Fuck you. And then you got dickheads commenting, Carmen. <laughs> yeah, mate, no problems. I'll just listen to the entire three-hour thing and I'll get back to you in a few minutes and we'll see where we'll find it. Fucking dickhead. That's the first story. Now, the next one. What have I got noted? Oh, my God. Le Freak or Le Freck, whatever the fuck you call it. Uh, I'm going to give you a really quick background on this. This started years ago. There was a company, I don't know who the company was, I think the company is called Le Freak. It's spelled Le Freak, but I think they wanted to be pronounced Le Freak, but yeah, uneducated. Anyway, it's some kind of shitty, oh, I don't say shitty, it's something you put on your flute. It's a sound bridge. It's like two bits of metal that go here in the flute and they wrap it around and you buy it in different metals. So you can buy it in gold or silver and blah, 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 and it attaches on. And it's an independent maker that makes this and he's been advertising. And the opinion generally on it is it might be snake oil, it might be a load of shit. Some people hear a difference, some people don't. My personal opinion is if it makes that much of a difference, flute makers will be doing it already. And they don't. And the few players that did advocate for it a few years ago, they've all dropped it now, so I think it's a load of bollocks. But I've never tried one. And don't listen to me because I'm just a drunk guy on the internet. And you shouldn't be taking your opinions off me. I've told you this before. If you're taking your opinions off me, lads, you're fucking up. But anyway, this... <laughs> Man, you saw the word Lefrec in this group and people fucking shit the bed, right? And then one day, they stopped turning off comments for it in 2016. One day, they add the creator. So when he comes and he makes a post, Dear Fruit Form members, my name is Hans, dedicated flutist and saxophonist. I invented Lefrec, blah, 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 blah. 
And he said, I can say until now, almost all serious wind players have tested the right material and size. The effect for their instruments are now very satisfied with it. Open up the gates of hell, son. Here come the comments. One of my favourite comments, the first one, one of the first ones. I'm not saying who it is, because I actually know this person. Um, but they put a picture of their flute with it attached and said, using one at this very moment, never taking it off. <laughs> I went through their pictures to find out how long ago they actually did take it off. That was posted in 2016. By 2017, the Lefrec was no more to be seen. So they fucking did take it off. As did a lot of people. What's the next comment? <laughs> oh man, this guy. <laughs> this is fucking. This is a, this is what I live for in this group, man. Some guy commented said, "I have already said why I think of Lefrec and other flute gadgets. It reminds me of old days when I was a child. I think this guy's Russian. Should I read it in a Russian accent? <laughs> reminds me of old days when I was a child. I can't do Russian accent." Uh, to our village came someone who was selling anti-hair loss creme. Our neighbour was completely bald, but had a lot of body hair. It was not me. This neighbour used to rub his hand on his chest while standing and talking to you. My mother used to say that he rubs the wrong place. This cream was quickly forgotten, but to this day, whenever someone comes up with a useless idea, we are still saying, you rub it in the wrong place. <laughs> Man, someone commented that and thought that'd be useful to the discussion. <laughs> oh, the fucking weirdos. Some guy called... Ah, I can't say the name. can't say the name. Some guy called... I'll call him Jimmy. I'll call him Jimmy. Jimmy goes and fucking lays one out on Hans. Man, he opens up on him. Hans, the problem here is the pseudoscience. On the FX site, you make extravagant claims and claim to have scientific evidence for them. And then he quotes him, blah, blah, blah. And then he gives him all the shake. If I scroll to the bottom of the homepage of the FX site and click on read analysis, there I find what looks to be a scientific paper. Everything looks great. But this is not science. The spectra shown are unremarkable areas of a piccolo playing at two slightly different pitches, blah, 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 blah. And he fucking opens up. The conclusion is that the Lefrec works. It is sad to see distinguished artists sign on to such nonsense and a stain on the institutions that host them. Perhaps within the flute world, this sort of thing is no lasting harm. But when a parent shows up at a preschool with an unvaccinated child influenced by a similar combination of pseudoscience and commercial interests, that is a different thing entirely. So please try to forgive those who feel it's important to speak out against pseudoscience. 2016, this was made. This is before we were talking about vaccines. This is back when Americans thought vaccines give you autism. But this is before vaccines became chic. <laughs> I love that. I love that someone talked about this. And someone someone attacks him then. Someone goes after Jimmy. Saying, you're comparing the dangers of the terrible disease spread to two pieces of, met of metal being attached to instruments to improve sound protection. Like What? Jimmy, are you aware that your comparison is absurd and makes absolutely no sense? <laughs> oh, man. It's... Oh, one guy. Given that there seems to be an increase in beliefs over science as a factor of time, I bet more people are buying this thing and living happily ever after. I, for one, choose reality over beliefs, science over religion, and fact over imagination. All the while using imagination as a tool for performance without losing a firm footing on reality. I have found that this is much more inspiring to any kind of audience because it conveys the real deal. <laughs> oh man, fucking brilliant. Okay, the last thing I'm going to get on. How long have I talked already? So, um, 12 minutes. Jesus Christ. Right, lads, we need to wrap this up. We're going to get on to the topic that flute players here will be delighted I'm getting on to this. Um, so, the most recent scandal that hit the flute world was a story that came out of Florida. In America, it's always America. I'm sorry, lads, but it's always America. Europe doesn't do this shit. Um, it is a serious issue, by the way, I should say. I can see why people reacted the way they did. So basically what happened is the Florida Flute Association have competitions, I think, for I don't really give a shit, to be honest, but they have competitions in different categories for competitions or entry auditions or something like that. Different levels, and they have a list of pieces you can play for different levels. And they had recently removed a couple of pieces by the composer Gary Shoker, um, this year from the rep list. Now they removed some of his duets from the duo rep list. Now background on Gary Shoker, first of all, I've never actually met him. I think he's one of the fucking best flute players going. He's a seriously underrated flute player. He's incredible. People, I don't think people appreciate how good he really is. Um, big fan of him. Now apparently around the time this happened, this is a couple of weeks ago, um, the time this happened there was some mad political thing going on in Florida. I don't know. I don't give a shit about American politics, I'm totally honest. Um, because it's not real politics. It's not a real country. I don't care. I really don't care. But I think it involves some kind of, yeah, censorship from some fucking mad Republican against gay people. Or I don't know what it was. But it was the kind of thing you expect from America and Florida. So this news came out about 
the Florida Fluid Association drop on the guy's sugar pieces. And a post went up in fluid form. Now, the first thing to note is, I didn't slash don't know if Gary Shoker is a member of the LGBTQ plus community. I have no idea about anything about his personal life or his sexual orientation or anything. I have nothing. I'm just going by the implications through these posts that he might be, purely because of the argument that's going on on Facebook. So basically, two pieces were removed alongside a lot of other pieces for being what the association called inappropriate. So that's the justification they had for removing the pieces. Now, they did clarify later, not that much later, that the word inappropriate meant purely that the level was just too difficult for high school players. I thought it was too hard for them, so they got rid of it. So they kept, now this is important to know, they kept other Gary Shoker pieces on the list. It was just a couple of duets that took off. Now this news came out, a post goes into the food forum, Gary Shoker's pieces have been taken off. Now, any rational country, any rational people in the world, they would go, well, let's have a think about what's going on here. But this isn't rational. This is the US of A, man. And this is Facebook. So people people lost their fucking shit quickly, man. So let's see some of the comments. First comment, Florida is having a lot of censorship issues. And someone replies, Florida is having a lot of fascism issues. Uh, next comment, this is a disgrace. Going back to 1950s mentality. Uh, oh, there was one about Germany. Oh yeah, going back to 1950s mentality. Yes, they are going like Germany. I'm assuming the poster of this meant Nazi Germany and not normal Germany. Because normal Germany is a developed country, unlike America. So if it was going like Germany, it'd be a fucking upgrade on your country. The absolute shit. I'm sorry, I shouldn't shit in Americans. About one in every 200 Americans are just normal people with an American accent. But the most years are insane. Um, <laughs> here's the next one. And I see the Mendelssohn skirt was removed from the album of Flute Juliets. Why? Comment reply. It's because he looked gay. They're banning Luli next because he walked funny. And some guy replies, he was Jewish and became Christian to be more accepted. You know my comment was supposed to be a joke, right? I mean, a joke about a ridiculous situation. I know. But what I said about Mendelssohn is a valid opinion. <laughs> and then, yeah, what's the next one? Yeah, Botsa, Messiaen, Le Melnois all removed and deemed inappropriate for high school students. I thought maybe it was just unfortunate wording and they were meant, they were too hard. But East Wind by Ran is removed and that is to specified as being too difficult for high school students. Shoker is off the list. I'm guessing they might be too difficult. I think they should have a better word than appropriate. I think the folks making the decisions could add a little more explanation, which I do agree with. But then the comment after that, no. There are other pieces removed for being too difficult. This is part of Florida censorship. Probably some idiot was upset about a foreign term that they didn't understand. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's people trying to speak the... People trying to become the voice of reason. All this, some guy says, the only reason I can think these lovely pieces would be deemed inappropriate might be because of the technical difficulty for the intended age group. I'm not a classical flutist, so I'd like to hear those from those who really know. Are these pieces too hard? Is it smart to set a bar too long... Too low for young talent. Explanation is definitely needed. First reply. This, this explanation has nothing to do with music. Florida is going down the same path as Germany. Again, Germany. Not Nazi Germany. Germany. You wish Florida was going down the same path as Germany. You should fucking love that. You could do with going down the same path as Germany. Next comment. And so it begins. Just many of us predicted in 2016. Florida has joined with Nazi Germany. <laughs> Man, Americans are class. Americans are fucking class. Good God, well, I guess that's Florida. No doubt they'll be banning Tchaikovsky at performances next. Or maybe book burning. Who else in history did that now? Germany? Huh? Do you mean Nazi Germany or do you mean Germany last week? The Americans is all the same. I can't help wondering whether Americans have any idea how this looks to the outside world. Trust me, lads. To the outside world, we just lost our respect long ago. This is just the latest in a long line of uh, incidents, we'll say. Like, you've elected Donald fucking Trump as president, and you don't think the world's laughing at you. It's ridiculous. A large number of us are horrified and embarrassed by the actions taken in Florida, and similar actions being taken around the country. Not enough he is to vote against it, but anyway. Florida is a literal nightmare hellscape right now. <laughs> this is what homophobia and discrimination looks like, folks. This is it. And then someone replies to this commenter saying, but not all of Gary's pieces were removed. And then this person replies, oh, that is odd. And then the expression buys probably because they haven't noticed the others yet, like they just forgot. So Shoker's only two of his pieces were removed, not all of them. Which makes you think, if it was some kind of like homophobic attack, maybe they would have removed all of them and not just two. It was like a dog whistle. So anyway, all this happened. 
one day later, someone gets an answer and an explanation from the people about why they took it off. Now, by this point already, 1,643 people have signed a petition to have the pieces reinstated. They said to take to lift the ban. They weren't banned. They were never banned. And it's also worth mentioning, they took off Le Melon Noir uh, by Messiaen and Chandelinus by André Jolivet for the same reason. Do you know why? Because they're fucking hard. They're difficult pieces. Was that not a clue? But no, this is, this is the way this group works. So the person came in and the explanation was from the Florida Food Association. Um, yeah, we deemed them too difficult. They were inappropriate for the age level. We never considered using different language because we've always said things are inappropriate and we know what they mean. We didn't mean inappropriate because the composer might be gay, obviously. Now, I can get why you would think that in the American political climate, especially if you're a reasonable person. But should you be starting a petition and screaming about Nazi Germany on Facebook within 10 minutes of it happening before you check it out? Mm, not so sure. But you give me my entertainment. So this group has... On average, 36 posts per day. 99% of that are fucking brilliant. Great community. I've met cool people on there. I've talked to cool people. I've got great advice on this podcast as well. I've got advice on teaching, setting up arrangements. It's a great group. I've got so much inspiration from it. I've interacted with great flute players. It's been brilliant. But I do think there's two reasons why this group ends in fucking argument nearly every day as are many other Facebook groups. So we're going to have a quick look at them now. Also, please, if you're not a food player, I know this is funny, don't go joining the group. Please do not go joining the group. It's not for you. I'm making light of it and I'm making fun of it, but please let it be. It's still a useful resource for food players. Don't go into it trying to wind people up or to get entertainment out of it. It's not for you. If you're a food player, please go ahead and join it. It genuinely is useful. And if you're still annoyed at me about doing this episode, go fuck yourself, I don't care. Okay, next bit of the podcast. So part one took up quite a lot of time, so we're going to scoot on through this. But I just want to talk about this quickly. This is not flute related, but it does explain some things. Um, explain some things. That gin is kicking in, boy. Now, uh, it comes to no surprise, okay, that the world is moving away from Facebook. Um, apparently one third of the world's population still have accounts and log in regularly although the engagement rates are dropping among large groups especially young people in the western world so these days it's estimated i say estimated because facebook won't release their demographics but there's a lot of people who can have a good crack at it that the most active group on facebook now is people who are 40 plus and for most of us yeah we'd see that you know i know that i have an account i spend more time and have much more fun on instagram and tiktok where i'm now an influencer I'm not, I'm not. I think I'm a nano-influencer on Instagram. Go follow me on Instagram TikTok, please. Especially TikTok, I only have 100 followers. Please hurry up. Um, so most of my mates would agree, Facebook's shite. And the main reasons we all hate it now is because one, it's not cool anymore. It's full of useless shite. And two, people get way too angry on there way too often. But I wanna get help you guys get a little bit of empathy for Facebook, especially for this group, so you don't get angry or wound up every single day. Especially at that group. You don't need to. There's ways. You, if you understand it, you won't get annoyed at it. So I went down a rabbit hole so you don't have to. So there's two things I want to talk about that I think might contribute to this. Especially in the Flute Forum group. Number one, the group is mainly American. Now, again, I know I shit on Americans a lot in this podcast. But there is a legitimate cultural gap between Americans and the rest of the world. I think that's why I don't like Americans a lot of the time. Most of them is because... They're very unaware that there is another culture beyond their own. They sort of act as if they, what they're doing is normal and right and understood more extremely than anywhere else. Like Germans can do that too, but they understand they've got France as a neighbour here, why they difference and they behave. But Americans seem to behave sometimes as if what they do is correct. So I have an article from Harvard University, nonetheless. And it's a website, it's an article on their website as advice for foreign students to deal with Americans when they arrive. So they have a section in it called Directness and Assertiveness. I'm going to read this to you. So it says, on the Harvard website, I'm not making this up, lads. Americans generally consider themselves to be very frank and direct in their dealings with others. When talking to someone about something they don't like about a person's behavior, they may call it constructive criticism. Most Americans do not think it is necessary to disguise their feelings. Even if their words are not open, facial expressions may be revealing. 
Being honest is often seen to be more important than preserving harmony in interpersonal relationships. Mm -hmm. And being assertive in expressing opinions or making requests is considered acceptable and even necessary. And then has in brackets, remember the importance of individualism in America. But being too pushy or aggressive is not. Distinguishing the fine line between the two is difficult even for Americans. As is basic manners. So please remember... If someone is coming across as rude online, okay guys, I'm done reading by the way, if it's rude online, they could just be American and they have a different way of doing things over there and they behave in a different way and they're very direct, they're very frank and we would we would take it as being rude and we would assume it as being rude and there's people we assume as being rude. For example, you might think that a, uh, a charming, sexy Irishman sucking on a gin and tonic talking bollocks on the internet is also being rude. Hey. Um, and there's also a quick little note on time and how Americans view time, which could help to explain why there's such a fucking fast uproar to everything and a move to action and a need to react so quickly. So on time, the Harvard website says, you may have heard the expression time is money. Strange as it sounds, that is how Americans view time as a limited resource to be saved or spent for useful purposes. Americans may get impatient with lines that move slowly in supermarkets, banks, etc. Particularly if the per- the checkout person or bank teller is taking the time to chat with the customer. And you do get that with Americans. They react quickly. They want shit done now. Very useful in many circumstances. In many circumstances, not. And it's a cultural difference. And we just if you're aware of it, we will understand it. And that helps us to develop a bit of empathy. Which, on a serious note, is what we need to do in this. We don't need to argue all the fucking time. Um, okay, now the other thing to consider about Facebook is the age of the people there. Okay, Older people are the main people on Facebook these days. I'm sure you've noticed as well, people over a certain age, I won't point any fingers, but it's over a certain age, people type differently um, to how we type. And there's genuine actual reasons for that. So for example, older people love using a thing called lipses. I didn't know what this word was, I knew what, I knew what it is, but I didn't know what the word was until today. So it's when old people type a bit of a sentence and they type dot, 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 and then more of a sentence and dot, 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 and more of a sentence, which drives me fucking insane, to be totally honest. And yeah, I wrote down here, because millennials or the generations below that, we view this, the dots, as uncertainty, hesitation, confusion, and more often than not, passive aggressiveness. But for the older generations, apparently, they see it as a happy medium between the abruptness of the full stop and the excitement of an exclamation mark. So they sort of imply it as they're still thinking, they're still not sure what they're going to say, and they move on to the next bit. And this brings us to the crux of the issue. The older generation don't consider, now generally speaking, don't consider how to express their tone in typed messages. Now that's insane to us, especially to me, when we constantly think about how we're possibly perceived in emails or messages, the amount of detail we go into, do I put an exclamation mark, do I put an emoji, do I not, do I put a full stop? We think about it all the time and how our tone is perceived and come across. The boomer generation, they don't give a fuck. They just don't care. They type as they talk or more often than not, they type to how they write a letter, which is very formal and zero consideration for tone. And to be honest, a lot of them are very surprised to find out that you even can come across as passive aggressive in a message. So I think a lot of the reason why the Facebook groups, especially this one, get so hated is because of the cultural differences with Americans and the rest of the world or other cultures, but Americans being the main majority of that group, that's one issue, and the generational gap. And there are two things that can cause a lot of fire. Um, yeah, they can cause a lot of trouble between those two things. So I hope that explanation of those things gives you a wee bit of empathy towards what's going on in that group. Um, and you won't get as wound up. Go in for the entertainment, but don't be a dick, and don't let it ruin your day. The people do mean well, everyone's not being a dickhead deliberately, it just is very fucking funny, especially the guy about the ball cream, but we don't need to get so wound up about it. So anyway, we're going to move on to our last topic of the day. Here I go, wife. So, part three of the podcast, Pyramid Schemes of the Flute World. Talk about a fucking uh, clickbait title. I don't actually know if what I'm about to talk about is a pyramid scheme. Full disclaimer, it's my uh, suspicion. Also, that gin is lovely. For the uh, video watchers, not listeners, I keep saying that. Um, I've got a beautiful t-shirt on. 
if you can see it, it says, Who the fuck are Arctic Monkeys? And it's got the picture of the Arctic Monkeys when they got their Brit Award in 2007 and they dressed up. That's because today, the Arctic Monkeys announced that they're coming to Belfast. After their cancelled Dublin gig, which broke my fucking heart. And I've got my wee cap on, which is a Northern Ireland cap. I'm just in that mood. I'm in a very good mood today, guys. I'm in a brilliant mood today. Arctic Monkeys in Belfast and... Apparently there's bald cream in a village in Russia that if you rub your belly. <laughs> right, anyway, uh, pyramid schemes. Um, yeah, so because I'm not talking about any of this, I'm not going to be naming names or counts or giving you anything specific. I'm just noticing a general trend. And I'm going to ask you guys to keep a wee eye on it and maybe give me some feedback to it as well. So I'll open up a bit saying, being a freelance musician at the minute is harder than ever. Um, freelance performing is very difficult to come across it most of the time does not pay the bills even in a in a real country like germany when you're not in america um it's still very hard to pay the bills as a freelancer now you combine that with the general cost of living crisis the energy crisis nobody can first of all afford to go to watch an orchestra so they're putting on smaller concerts with less musicians and less people are getting freelance gigs and also music lessons they're now a they're a luxury they're more of a, they were always a luxury, but they're more of a luxury than they've ever been now. So as freelancers and as musicians, we have to diversify. You know, for example, you could launch a podcast where you get drunk and talk smack about Americans. <laughs> Hello. But we have to remember, we're all in this together, lads. We're all freelance musicians together. Other musicians, other teachers, other performers, they're not competition. You have to get this in your heads. We all contribute to the overall cultural and artistic life of the world, of your local city, of your local community, wherever you are, we all contribute to it generally. More of us means more music being made, more passion being shared with other people, more concerts, more inspired students, and more money going into the game. If you inspire your students to enjoy music, they'll go buy tickets to concerts for the rest of their lives and they will sponsor it. The more teachers doing that, the more students there are, the more it happens. We are all in this together. It is mutually beneficial that we support each other. So please be kind to your fellow musicians and teachers. But more importantly, don't fucking scam them. Don't fucking scam them. And this is one thing I've noticed on my social media recently. And it's a it's a phenomenon. I'm not quite sure what to call it yet because I haven't thought about it enough. Um... <laughs> I'm very lazy. Uh, the phenomenon I've called pay me to tell you how to get more students. It takes many shapes or forms, but essentially it's like the scale up your music business shite. Um, so it's, you know, those people that'll say, you know, I'm launching a course. You can sign up to it for 400 fucking dollars. And I'm going to tell you how to get more students. Are you, a sing- are you a music teacher? Are you struggling to pay your bills? I'm going to teach you how to get more students. Now, there are people that do this genuinely and they're very good at their jobs and they will help but a lot of them don't and one of my best mates gra told me this when i twigged on this a couple of months ago he sent me a message going anyone making money doesn't need to make money by selling you the secret to making money it's fucking good stuff he's some man for one man that fella might get him on this podcast someday he's oh, you, you think i can talk shite what do you hear gra talking shite anyway i'm not going to give you any names but all these people Americans, um, they all seem to have a direct link to two or three different individuals, like the heads of the pyramid is what I'm getting at, basically. So what do you mean? All right, I'm going to give you an example. We'll call one of these people at the top. We'll give them a name. One of the top dogs. We'll call them Fluffy. It's a wee dog joke there. Light in the mood. Um, so let's say Fluffy comes out and Fluffy says, I'm going to start selling the course on my website and it's going to be Build up your music studio, get more students, get more money, income for freelance music teachers. Great. Now, obviously in the current climate, loads of people are snapping this up. We all need more money. We're all skint. Brilliant. Now, Fluffy does provide genuinely sound, albeit pretty basic advice. So the kind of advice you probably could find free. With Yeah, you could find on free resources and you find it otherwise. But anyway, it's genuinely useful. It's presented in a good way and it helps. So the clients come out of it. They feel happy and motivated after their coaching sessions. They go white, they get new websites, get shiny new graphics, they have an, eye, an idea of what they're doing, but they don't get more students because it's not as simple as that. So then Fluffy goes on to tell them, well, I'm going to teach you how to sell online courses. Passive income. People sign up to it once. You don't have to be there. Money comes in your bank account. Great idea. But they don't work either for these people. They open up a, a music course or a flute course, an introduction course, and they don't sell as well as they'd hope to. 
So then Fluffy says, well, listen, you've been with me a long time. You've done this business stuff. Why don't you advise other people on how to build up their businesses? Because you know what you're doing. And then the clients all open up their own courses called Get More Students or Build Your Music Course Up, blah, blah, blah. The same thing they've just bought. Usually a little bit more vague than the top dog, than Fluffy. These courses sell well because there's a lot of desperate teachers out there that need to make money. So then the people who bought the course originally, the clients, they will go onto their social media, onto their Instagrams and their Facebooks and say, oh, Fluffy, I bought this course and now I'm, look at the life I'm living. You know, I'm going on my holidays once a month. I've got passive income. I'm selling so many courses. I'm doing great. I've got so much money. But they're always very careful to not show that they're making money off teaching or performing or the thing that they originally wanted to set their business up to. They're making money off selling courses, telling other people how to get more students. The very thing they went to study. That's the only way they're making money. So then they tag Fluffy. Fluffy gets more people. Because they go, right, well, I'll go to them as well. Maybe I get something different. There's always a subtle difference between the two, between Fluffy and their clients, to make sure that for a lot of people, there's value in getting both. So the cycle repeats itself. People go back to Fluffy. They do the same thing and blah, blah, blah. Now, that's not a pyramid scheme in the traditional sense, but it's very fucking close, all right? Now, what is a pyramid scheme? If you don't know, I'll give you a quick go on it. First of all, they're illegal as fuck. In, even in America, which has no fucking laws about anything, it's still illegal. They're very illegal. Or multi-layer marketing schemes are also called. I'll give you an example that most of you might remember. A couple of years ago, like 10 years ago, especially in the UK, there was a thing called Juice Plus. There were like little diet pills, like fruit extract shite so anyway people people you knew sold them your mates sold them so one of your friends come up and say hey do you want to buy some juice plus pills i'm selling them on the side happy days now selling the pills doesn't really make any money so your mate says well do you know what you should do you should become a seller yourself you'd be good at that and you go yeah great sounds brilliant and away you go you sign up so you normally have to pay a fee to buy all the pills from the head of the business. You buy a load of pills and you become a seller as well. Now, you can either sell the pills and make pretty much fuck all money, or normally you're told by the big business, okay, if you can't sell the pills, get five mates to sign up and the money you owe me for the pills, we'll call it half. So we'll cut it in half if you get five other people to sign me up. So most people go, oh yeah, it's a pain in the arse signing or selling the pills. So I'll just sign people up. So you go to your mate to say, do you wanna join and be a seller as well? Happy days. That's much easier than selling the pills. Fucking happy days. Now, why is it illegal to do this? Because before you know it, everyone's a seller and no one's fucking buying them because the product itself has no value. It's The money is made by getting other people to sell. And the person at the very top is making a fucking fortune because all they had to do at the start is buy a load of shite pills and convince people to do it and then let the money filter up. So it always comes in and comes in. They're getting much more money by people signing up as, signing up as sellers but it's got a ticking time bomb because the money filters up, the lower down the pyramid, the more fucked you are because there's less people to convince to become sellers. If you take a small town, there's less people in there to convince and people will start talking and understanding. Usually at that point, the person at the very top will fuck off. A lot of these um, currency exchange things like the automated algorithms where you give in money and they do stock things or currency exchange and give you it back, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. There's no such thing as free money, lads. Like, fuck me. Seriously, be a bit more switched on. Um, you know, like, that's the problem. At some point, we're going to have so many people selling you how to become music, how to, people selling courses and how to make your music studio better that you're not going to have any fucking music studios. So here's what to look out for quickly to kind of tell if it might be a scam. And this is a general thing with uh, buying music products online or anything online, to be honest. Um, first of all, People selling services to you. They should be very clear about what they're actually selling. You should understand everything. Don't be confused by jargon and weird words and fucking algorithms and all that shit. You should know exactly what they're talking about. They should explain it in a way that is very clear to you. You shouldn't be left going, I'm not sure on that. No. Also, how much it costs should be very fucking clear. It should be very, and to be honest, the first information you should get is what am I buying and how much does it cost? That's the two things. Then you can be convinced, oh, do I need it or not? And blah, blah, blah. But if those two things aren't there, it's a fucking scam. There's a reason why they're hiding it. Um, and lastly, don't take advice off someone who's never done it themselves. Okay? Now, I don't want to be judgmental about music teachers, especially when I'm talking about this, because first of all, not all music teachers post on social media all the time. It's a lot of fucking work, and there's great music teachers out there that don't do that. But 
generally if you're looking for a music teacher they should have a good lot of reviews available so anyone that claims to be a teacher and selling the course on the side if they're claiming to be a teacher go check out their their reviews they should have google reviews they have a website they should also have like third party places i don't know what it is in america but here we have like super prof and places that you sign up online third party reviews so you don't just put them up on your website and do whatever the fuck you want with them they should also have either students that you can talk to or parents of students that you can talk to to get advice and they shouldn't be afraid to have that community around them um, if someone comes to me for a lesson and they want to know if it's appropriate i'd be more than happy to recommend the parents of some of my students to say go and ask them what they think and if they think it's for you great and lastly if it's a flute player who says they're running a successful studio or a successful performing career they should be able to play the fucking thing okay now i'm not saying there's a direct correlation i'm not saying all great flute players make great teachers or the better you play the instrument the better you teach you are that's not true but there is a minimum bar once you get over that it's irrelevant teaching and performing are two very different skills and we want good teachers not necessarily good performers but there is a basic level of competence that you have to pass so if they can't play the flute at all stay the fuck away if they don't put videos up of them playing the flute and they've deleted every version of it and they claim to be a teacher be fucking wary that's not that's not normal you should be able to show off that you're competent at the skill yourself especially if you're frequently posting on social media but you're avoiding that um i'm kind of also tempted to say here i've had a few drinks so i might get a bit carried away here but i'm tempted i'm tempted to say the same thing for those people that upload videos of them playing and they pack it full of reverb reverb sorry so it's like that reverb views don't know you can add it digitally afterwards where it's had an echo when you put a lot of reverb on, I'm thinking, uh, you're probably shite. You're hiding something there. And they always play slow things. Or uh. And the other one, to be honest, this is a bit unfair. It's not all people that do this, but people that tend to focus more on putting videos of them playing the alto or the bass flute, I'm on to you. I know what you're doing. I, I think you're hiding something. Now, not everybody. There's some great alto and bass flute players out there, but if that's all they put up, you tend to get away with a bit more because the novelty of the sound hides up the fact that you're shite and also don't you get me started on the people who speed up the videos i fucking know there's people out there who play fast music they play it slow and speed the video up you can fucking tell by the speed they're blinking and that is the, and the speed they breathe at it is there is nothing worse than that if you're uploading videos and you can't play it that fast and you're digitally doing it oh boy i'm on to you and i'm one gin and tonic away from doing a podcast on you you should be fucking i'm getting a bit catty here fuck's sake but i'm on to you spice meow meow uh anyway also check how many social media followers they have because if someone is telling you selling a course saying how to get more followers in social media how to be successful on social media and they have fucking 800 followers and then tell them to go fuck themselves i have a thousand and something followers on instagram and i have more followers than a lot of these people and i'm telling you you don't make money off it i'm not making a penny off that to be honest if anything you lot are a drain on me financially and emotionally you don't make a fucking penny off it if you've got a blue tick with less than a thousand followers you've paid for that just to let you know um anyway that's not the real point but and also it is a bit of an american slash big city thing like you wouldn't get away with that in rural ireland where i come from so i come from a like a small town called lisburn i couldn't be running a pyramid scheme in lisburn because it'd be shut down within a week everyone talks to each other everyone knows who it is my granny would be out fucking Tuesday morning down at the market and she'd get it. She'd get a load of grief. Someone would be shouting at her, Valerie, Valerie, you tell that grandson of yours if he tries to sell our gene one more fucking search engine optimization course, I'll knock his fucking head in. That's what'd be happening. <sighs> Americans, man. This gin's great. So, but I should say, there are amazing flute teachers out there on social media that are doing the fucking best work they know their shit they deserve the space they deserve to be found they deserve to have students they're brilliant there's some really good ones if you want to know flute ones in your area fire me a message or online ones fire me a message and i'll hit you up um there's some brilliant ones out there and they deserve it breaks my heart when i see them with like 500 followers i'm like i know you're fucking good and i've seen your content and going that is legitimately good content um and lastly, if you're struggling to upscale your own music business, first of all, understand it's normal. It took me a long time to get where I am with my private teaching. A long fucking time. And when you're upscaling, there are a lot of free resources. And one of the best places to go, poetically, Flute Forum Facebook group. 
genuinely, I got a lot of help in there with setting up my private studio, building students over the years, how to advertise, how to market, how to get students. It is a genuinely brilliant place. Just don't talk about ball and cream. And for the love of Christ, don't say Le Freak. Don't mention or Le Freak, whatever the fuck Americans want to call it. Anyway, it's a great place. We're going to round this up. All right, lads, we're done. Thank you all again for listening. You know I genuinely fucking love you for this. I appreciate you so much. Um, this episode is going to get me cancelled. Let's be honest. If it's not the IRA that are going to shoot me, this Facebook group is going to come after me. One way or another, I'm going. This is it. I'm going to get cancelled. If I'm, if you try to contact me next week and I'm not cancelled or mysteriously disappeared, then please go and uh, share the podcast. Share the clips. Tell your mates about it. It really fucking helps, guys. It just, it really helps boost the numbers. It gives me the motivation to go on. Um, not that I need motivation. This is a lot of fucking fun, this podcast. I'm having a blast making this. It's been, the last few months have been some of the most uh, creatively liberating periods of my life. It's been brilliant fun. It's, I'm trying to find a fancy way to say that. <sighs> Gareth, read the room. It's a lot of fun. And I love you guys for tuning in, especially the people who come in regularly. You're fucking legends. I love you the bits. I'm genuinely amazed that there's people now in... I've got the numbers again. I read this out yesterday, so they probably haven't changed. Well, yesterday. I read this out last week, sorry. Um, Canada, Australia, America, Germany, Austria, France, Britain. We're probably, at this point, nearing 2,000 clicks, streams. Um yeah, I'm going to take a guess and say we'll probably get to that point. Going by the judging, or judging by the numbers, or knocking about at the minute. So, anyway, listen, tomorrow uh, I'm going to be filming, or day after tomorrow, I'm going to be filming episode 10. Now, episode 10 is going to be a fucking treat, guys. I cannot rant enough about how excited I am for this. We're going to have our first guest on the NNG Flute podcast. We are going to be drinking a lot of alcohol, and we're probably going to say some things that we shouldn't say. And if I'm not cancelled by now, episode 10 is getting me clocked out. Anyway, guys, it's been fucking great. As always, it's been a pleasure. I love you all. Have a lovely weekend. Go get yourselves a gin and tonic. Go get yourselves an iron brew. Treat yourselves. Go get a chippy. Go get some chips this Friday. Fuck, I would love some chips. Treat yourselves. Let me know what you're getting yourselves on the weekend. Let me know how you listen to this podcast. I would love to know. Do you listen to it in your car? Do you sit down and have a wee drink? Do you listen to it in sections? Do you do you pour yourself an iron brew? Have you got a drink off this podcast because I've recommended it? Let me know. I'd love to hear. And just reach out in general. I love hearing that you guys watch it. Even if you've talked to me four times already, talk to me a fifth time. Keep letting me know, lads. I love it. I appreciate you so much. I'm having a blast making this. I hope I'm not cancelled. Big love to you all. Big smooches. All the best. Mwah.